Welcome to CooperCast, Go Ask Al, episode 26. This is your host, Al's oboe, John Sachs. We answer a listener question about the phases of Al's career and him playing the 64 World's Fair with Harvey Brooks. And on this episode, the Neighborhood Cats sat in as commentators for Nelly the Dog, who was recording a solo album. Here's a real question from Jess and Cam. Hello, Al. How did you make the transition from being an essentially a studio guitar player, songwriter, to being an organ player and start blood, sweat, and tears so quickly? Most musicians are already on a path that seems to take them in a natural direction. This is part of your odd story as well that I don't think people for the most part understand. Well, for the people that for the most part don't understand, read the book. There you go. That's why I wrote the book, because because everything is explained in there, because it's quite an inexplicable story. Right. And I'm not pushing the book. Well, I I think if anybody's interested in Al Cooper, they're crazy not to read the book. Yeah, that's why I wrote it. He he says something sort of interesting. He says, uh, I think that quick progression between the years of 65 and 67 are amazing. It's like you were two different people with two different careers pre-66 and post-66. I was. Yeah. I was maybe three different people. Yeah. But I was, I was very interested in being in the music business. And once I found a way in, mm. which was, you know, through the Royal Teens, uh, I, I never stopped. I just kept hitting in those buildings that I knew the music business was in until, uh, you know, I hit any, some kind of pay dirt. And you certainly hit pay dirt with Dylan. Although I... This is way before Dylan. Right, I understand. But... Uh, and, and I hit pay dirt before Dylan. I, I co-wrote a number one song. Right. Which, you know, is the only one. But I, I still... You know, these questions like, what if the South had won the war? Like, these historical questions, what if? But I I usually just, like, discard them because they're pointless. But I do wonder... Well, I do want to bring up the fact that <clears throat> from the time I was 13, yeah, I was driven. Into music biz. Well, into music, yeah, and then eventually into the music biz because the the next year I I got into a band that had had a number one record before I was in it, yeah, and so that lift got me into the music business, yeah, and there I stayed, and you got to be on stage with all kinds of great acts and. Oh, yeah, immediately with the Royal Teens because we played those, you know, like Alan Freed shows where they had uh, 20 acts on the bill. So it, in in reference to his questions, like you had one kind of strand of career where you were on stage in a band. That was my, that was my first and then this... professional. Um, uh, I was in a kid band. Yes, the Aristocats. And um, and that and you know and Harvey who lived a block and a half from me Harvey Brooks, actually Harvey Goldstein at the time. Right. Uh, uh, he was in one too. Yes. And we were sort of in competitive bands. Really. And then uh, our our bands broke up, and he called me 
and asked me if I wanted to do this gig, which was in 64, and I was 20, mm. and it was an all-summer gig, all summer long, and we just had to drive about 25 minutes back and forth, uh, uh, and it was playing... Uh, <laughs> Uh, in a in a carousel park at the World's Fair, raised up on on a stage that was like twenty feet in the air. Yeah. And we'd play there from seven to eleven every night. Really? Yeah. I mean, we take breaks. Who uh, else was in that band? I mean, just how- me and Harvey and uh, some other local guys. Like like somebody else playing drums and. Yeah. Yeah. And you would do what pop songs of that Top era? Top forty, yeah. Top forty, wow! And it was a lot of fun. I bet. And uh, 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 we really had a good time, and it also brought us uh, closer together than we ever were. And you played guitar. I did. Yeah. He he's on bass. You're on guitar. Who yeah. who mostly sang? Was it you? No. No. Who I sang? I don't think I sang at all. Whoever the leader was, I can't remember his name. Okay. Might be in my book. So career one is Al as onstage dude. Career two is Al as songwriter at 1650. Yes. Career three is... Producing, probably. Well, or, back or, on stage, I mean, when you started playing, or you became Dylan's organ player or thought of as Dylan's organ player. Well, then player. I was an accompanist again. Right, right. But let me ask you this. As I said, it's a stupid and pointless question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh, if Tom Wilson had been fired one day earlier and not able to ask you to come in and... and, and no, he asked me to, um, quite a few days before the session. Right, but if he had been fired a day sooner, yeah, you couldn't have gone because he wasn't there anymore. Or let's say, let's say two weeks before. I don't know that he was f- fired from Columbia. He was fired from, from Dillon. Right. And, and that wasn't Columbia that fired him. We think it was Dillon and... and it was probably and, and, and Albert Grossman. Grossman, for unexplained reasons. But, yeah. And well, nobody will ever know. But nevertheless, I'm just saying, if Tom Wilson had not asked you, hey, you want to come well, up? Well, let me, let me just point out, it's very important Yeah, that Tom Wilson signed the Blues Project and produced the Blues Project. Right. So our friendship was not impaired by him leaving Dillon yeah. or leaving Columbia. No, I'm just asking this. No, but I, I think yeah. that's important. Yeah, no, I'm glad you said that. But what I'm just saying is, <clears throat> as we've said many times, the Dylan thing and the four magic words turn the organ up were like this pivotal moment for you. But you were doing fine writing songs at 1650 and doing... Well, I wouldn't say I was doing fine. Well, you had a number one hit. Yeah, one. <laughs> okay, well, it's a lot more than none. But nevertheless, if... Wilson hadn't invited you to come up and play. That changed my life, and I never forgot that. Would you have, do you think you would have done another 10 years at 1650 writing songs? 
I have no way of knowing. Were you tired of that, or was it still a lot of fun going every day? Well, it was a lot of fun, but, um, you know, I was hoping for more in my life. So, okay. So you were looking for something. So Yeah. Okay. All right. No, it's just interesting to me that there were so many weird little things about the Tom Wilson, Bob Dylan, Al Cooper thing. I keep thinking, but they fired him the next day after he recorded Like a Rolling Stone. They, they didn't fire him. Albert Grossman yeah. was not, did not want him to produce Bob anymore. Well, that's for, for for some reason that uh, I didn't particularly understand. Yeah, and and uh, frankly, the next guy, <laughs> Bob Johnston. Yeah, was uh, uh, didn't elevate anything other than uh, he did take him to Nashville. That was right. Bob Johnston that did that, and that and in the end, that was huge. Well, it was huge. Yes, it was, and it, it turned out to be a very good idea. Well, that's an extremely long, winding answer to a question uh, that uh, Jess and Cam had asked us. Which I forgot what it was. It was just about making the transition from being one Al Cooper to another Al Cooper. And there were many Al Coopers. Yeah, I've done that a lot. (laughs) This has been CooperCast, episode 26, brought to you by the World's Fair. And you can submit questions for Al at alcooper.com on the CooperCast page. 